Hello, good morning, everyone. Ryan Teary here with your host, Hunter McIntyre, a.k.a. Roscoe Plimsley. How's it going today, Hunter? What up? Can you explain who Two-Tone Tony is? Uh, it's really not a person. Maybe it's alter ego, <laughs> but uh, the name rhymed, so I thought it was dope. Nice. <laughs> Roscoe Plimsley is the name of... Um... Uh, a porn star director that I created a couple years ago with 17 Kangaroo Creativity Awards. Wait, this is a real porn star name? No, no, it's a porn director. Porn director name? I mean, if I have to get out there, I'll get in the scene just to spice things <laughs> up. But I create the show. Stunt cock. Right? I don't need to be in front of the camera because I know how to make art. Okay. That's, that's, that's basically... So every single year for my birthday, we all meet up and it kind of stopped during the pandemic. Um, and we'll probably have to lift it up again this year, but every single year since shit, maybe 2014, maybe yeah, 2014, we would meet down in Santa Monica and we'd all dress up. Like you have to have something completely unique and we're all in unison Mm-hmm. But you have to have a really good story. So okay. a handful of years ago, we all dressed up like 70s porn stars. And I was like, I can't just be a porn star. I need to be the porn director. Mm-hmm. So that's how Roscoe Pimsley came up. I mean, it's it's not out of the question that uh, you could do a spinoff career and have your own porn directing business. I've thought about it so many times, dude. I mean, like, it's my family mostly that keeps me out of this thing. It's my yeah. family. So the tough thing is, is like, you know, not that I'm... I want to, like, that's not the career I want to chase, but I wouldn't be against just like dabbling, you know what I mean? Just having a, having the opportunity to just get out there, learn some things, get some new skills. I feel like the, the, the way that you are social interactive, I mean, you could probably throw a a, a stone at the coffee shop and meet another porn director that could like reel you in and uh, kind of show you the ropes there in Malibu. You want to know a funny thing? Yeah. There's this grocery store attendant. Um, mm-hmm. at vintage grocers and he plays rock and roll. He does the grocery thing. I don't really understand why he does the grocery thing. Cause it seems like he's got so many good things going on in his life. It's just like, this is his rock. Like this is like the one place he comes to be chill, mm-hmm. but he's been involved in the porn industry. And he's like, every time I see him, cause like I'm, I'm in and out of Malibu. It's sporadic. So like, I'm not there daily. I'm there like every other week. Yeah. And every time I see him, he's like, Dude, are you ready to drop everything you're doing and get into porn? Because I'll, I'll get you there. And I'm well, like, there you go. He'll, he'll say it in front of other people checking out ahead of me or behind me. So is Every this a time. director? Or is this just somebody in the industry? He's just in the know. I don't know what is it. Like, I don't really like dive deep. I'm like, oh, well, no, it's just <laughs> <clears throat> it's uh, he's an interesting character to say the least. His name yeah. is Cruz. Cruz. All right. And he's just the best guy. I mean, I've been going to this grocery store for six years and he makes, you know, when you get in the checkout line, you're like, I've gotten all my shopping done. I just want to get the fuck home and start eating. Mm-hmm. He gets you excited. Like you sit there and you're like, I'll stay. You know what? I actually don't really need to go anywhere. So um, keeps the conversation going. So it's not just an endless bagger conversation. You want paper or plastic? No, he's a good guy. His, his, uh, his little stop and chat conversation is, <laughs> So you want to be in porn. Yeah. Paper, yeah. plastic, and a side of porn. Here we go. You know, 
I go out of my way to make things as awkward or interesting for <coughs> attendance every single time. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta understand, let's just say that these people are going through several hundred interactions a day and transactions. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, how are you? And they're like, good, how are you? And you're like, good, thank you. <laughs> and that's it. And you're like, how am I going to uplift this person's day or absolutely throw them through a spiral and just freak them the fuck out? Um, so nine times out of 10, I try to do weird things, but I make it because nice. you know I, that that conversation is going to be their their go to home, share it with their spouse. Guess what? This customer asked me today. You know, it's going to be their one story in, in porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, so. I don't know if you've noticed, but I am, I'm still sick. Like it sounds like, well, you did talk for about eight hours on Saturday. No, dude. I got up at 15 and I started talking with like some rambunctious volume, probably starting by 445 all the way until we got home from that house party (laughs) at one. Yeah. And I was already sick going into that. So I showed up at Battle Bunker on Tuesday. Oh wow. And we started <clears throat> loading sandbags, like marching orders Tuesday. And it hit me at some point on Tuesday. I was like, I'm sick, but I can't be the guy who shows up to work. No, I actually knew ahead of time. I knew driving down there that I was sick. Mm-hmm. I was starting to pick up and I was like, hey guys. Like, I don't want to be the guy who calls and be like, I can't show up because I'm sick. Like, that's such a freaking weak thing. But I also hate it when people show up sick and get me sick. Yeah. But I had to just put my, my, my helmet on and go to war. You just had to hunker down. I had to hunker down, dude. So, hunker down in the battle bunker. Yeah. It, it's still sitting deep inside of me. Like, I have this <coughs> tickle yeah. and I have this soreness and like kind of like an itchy lung. Mm. it's probably all like all build up you need some mucinex bud i'm gonna get it all you gotta gotta battle that battle that bug out dude i uh this one this one really got me going so i'm I'm sitting somewhere where there's like a tv on Mm -hmm. i don't know what must have been like a store and we are now currently what they call the triple demic um we the triple demic. The triple demic. Okay. Triple demic. It's right. the triple demic because of probably flu, COVID, and what's what's the <laughs> trifecta? It's called RSV, I think. Oh, that's that's a respiratory. Yep. And man, I don't ever put on the news, but anytime I watch the news, it's such fear mongering stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I never would have ever put together the sentence triple demic or the phrase triple demic. And now you know, I, I'll say marketing department does a good job of getting you to tune into that headline. I was fascinated. I had to go home and Google it. Cause I was like, what the hell are they trying to sell us now? <laughs> and I started Googling it. Um, and I went down this rabbit hole. And this maybe may might be sensitive material to some people, but I just wanted to let's see if I closed it down. While you're getting that, I was going through headlines today. This headline caught my news, caught my eye. Home homeowner says hooker ghosts have taken over their rental property. 
I caught this at the coffee shop and, and burst out in a loud, uh, boisterous laugh, and I, I got a couple looks. But, I mean, it's a funny headline. Yeah, I'd buy into it. <laughs> Hooker okay, ghosts. So what they were trying to sensationalize on the news was the fact that parents really needed to watch out for their kids and their health and, like, mm-hmm. the risk of, you know, potentially, like, extremely intense um, health issues. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you guess in order. It doesn't even make it down there, but um, I'm gonna have you guess in order in the United States what the most. I, I just want to see like the likelihood of, of of children dying from any of these things that they are trying to pitch us on the TV. What okay. do you think the number one highest thing is? Uh, for little kids, I mean, we talk of babies because their their huge thing is like hand foot mouth disease. It's like, it's, it's like it's under twelve. Under twelve, I guess, was the number. One to nineteen, actually. One to nineteen is this. Is this, this? It's it's a disease that they're being hit with. No, it's just the the leading causes of um, deaths of people under nineteen. One to nineteen, so not like infants, but I'm talking about. Uh, like, you know. All right, obesity. Um, that's got to be on the list. I mean, I guess it, it's number seven. I guess. Mm. Um, number one is firearms. Really. Accidental, Next. like, oh, check out this gun. Let's go play cops and robbers. And then it's like a real gun. Yeah. Hmm. 4,357. Wow. Uh, in 2020. What's number two, if you had to guess? Uh, gun- fires. They, they, nope. they start Mo- fucking around with fires and, and light the house. Motor vehicles, 4,112. Like two- one through 19, I guess. It'd be on the higher end, like 16-year-olds dying because an experience behind the wheel. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something like that. Next one, third place, it's other injuries. So that might be that fire thing. Then it's congenital diseases. Then it's cancer. And fifth, then it's substance use. Mm. Um, and sixth, and then heart disease and seventh, which I assumed either they're born with it or like that might be have something to do with Becomes obesity. the obesity, yeah. But... My point was, is like the this the stuff that they put on the news. Like you're not talking about, like there's not like news blasted out every single day about how dangerous it is for your children driving, or about firearms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I guess just because it doesn't catch headlines. Yeah. Like I really would never sit there, you know, when I have kids and be like, I'm so worried about their them getting the flu. I'd be like, Yo, we're teaching you how to cross the street properly. Yeah. We're teach you how to drive a car properly. If you see a gun. Don't fucking touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. But it's just crazy. Like I, I, I did all the research on this. I think there's like under, it's under like 600 people, uh, kids a year that die from the flu. Uh, no, no, actually 130, 137. 137. <laughs> wow. <coughs> I'll be 138. <laughs> I'm going down. I'm going down. No. Hey, so, uh, big, hang on. Big headline news. Um, so, you know, the, the Migos, the trifecta, the, the three people, the Migos take off the, the one guy that, uh, you know, dated, uh, Nikki, not Nikki, um, the, the girl rapper. Well, anyway, take off was shot dead at a party. Like, ho, Miko. Look at this R- rapper take off from grant, uh, Migos. So like, uh, walk it, like I talk it, walk it, walk it, like I talk it. Dude shot dead at the age of 28? Yeah. That's a big bummer, dude. What did he do? I don't know. He's killed in a shooting. 
in Houston. He's got to stay the fuck out of Houston. You know, it, the, these people tag their locations, and I almost think it's better to, like, do the area, take your pictures while you're there, and then after you leave, hour later, post the picture, post the location that you were at so you aren't giving these people, like, a big old bullseye that if, you you know, you want to take somebody out, hey, come and find me. I'm right here. I've just tagged my location. Dude, I was pretty heartbroken when Nipsey Hussle got shot to death. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle was a guy like that was like my one of like my first ever like I'm getting into this kind of thing. I'm like, hey, this dude's good. Yeah. He was clever. He just had his shit together, dude. He, he was really good. I'm not going to say I'm that big of a fan of Migos. No offense. Like it's tragedy that this guy passed away, but yeah. I didn't align with him as much. Um, but fucking A, man. Dude, one of the people that was at Battle Bunker this weekend, by the way, had yeah. a security guard with them. Really? Yeah. He was gonna... just walking around with his, his own personal security? <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah, if you get to a certain level of popularity and you're, like, all over the place. Uh... Was it one of the, the top people that were, like, top five, I would hope? No. No. No, but it uh... – <clears throat> <coughs> it's one of those kind of things where it's, like, I don't know if you saw Nancy Pelosi. Uh, her husband got attacked by, like, a guy with a hammer or something. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, dude, if you're going to get popular and you're going to be controversial in any kind of way, like even being a rapper, like those guys probably sung about stuff that offended somebody talking about running certain kind of hoods or fucking dealing drugs or whatever the fuck it is. Um, Not to say that those guys did those things, but typically that's what raps align with these days. And, you know, Pelosi, everybody fucking hates Pelosi. I don't know why they beat the shit out of her husband. Her husband just crushes the stock market. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any, like, tips or anything. He's just very good at choosing stocks that are going to hit it big. But even that, man, fucking A, you get pissed off. You're like, this guy's winning too much. I got to get my hammer. (laughs) But you got to imagine, dude, like, you hit a certain level of um, fame. Mm. I. You ever think about getting your own personal security? You need like no. a big old hoss boss to take care of you. I'll tell you two funny stories. Yeah. One, I used to work out of Miami and I became friends with this family that was so beyond wealthy and they loved to party. And I would always party with them because I used to be a big party animal. And they loved mm-hmm. bringing me around to party because I just wouldn't stop partying. Yeah. They always had a security guard. And I'm not kidding you. When you have a security guard, for some reason, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You just always like walk through everything as if there's no walls, no lines, no doors. And it's not like, are you twitching? I don't know. What's going on? Cardi B. Yeah, that was it. Thank you, Julian B. But yeah. Dude, this guy, the security guard would literally pick people up and and take them out of the room if we, they didn't want us partying, they'd take us to the front door and through the lines without question. Security guards were just amazing. If I could afford it, 100% I would. Now, yeah. here's the funny story. When we moved <laughs> from Rhode Island, we all dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. We all moved to, from Rhode Island to Malibu. One of my friends had been making tons of money on the stock market and just killing life. He, we called him Modini. He was the person who fronted our whole year of existence for the first year of me living in Malibu. Mm-hmm. He flew all of our friends, seven of us out from Rhode Island uh, to Malibu in a mansion. And he had everybody had their own like position 
at the company. I was the physical fitness instructor. <laughs> I was the health and wellness coach. And I used to get everybody working out. And it was fun. But he had Mingo, a bar, t- uh, a bouncer from a bar in Martha's Vineyard we used to party at. And he flew this dude out and he was our security guard. And literally, no joke, Mingo would be our security guard whenever we go out partying. And many times when I get too drunk and rowdy, and I'm a big ass dude, I'm like 210 pounds at the time. Yeah, Mingo was like, Mingo's like 330. Mm-hmm. Mingo would pick me up like a puppet and just take me away. He's like, Hunter, it's time to go to bed. And I'm like, ah, ah, like, <laughs> come here like a sack of potatoes. Dude. Mingo was the greatest. I actually got Mingo to lose 60 pounds in three months of us being together. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. But <clears throat> it was pretty crazy, man. Like I would, I can't imagine, like I, I probably am going to spend the rest of my life between mountaintops, meaning I will, I'm going to try to do Malibu, mm-hmm. the top of a mountain here in Crestline and maybe Montauk or like Rhode Island. Those would be my three places. And I don't really want to go anywhere else. After Wait, like living there or just climbing to the top of the mountain? In living, the cities? living, yeah, living. I'm going to live on top of a mountain in Malibu. I'm going to live on top of a mountain here. I don't think there's a lot of people coming for me and anybody who's coming for me. I think I got a better chance. I think most security guards, unless I got into like a really, really gnarly altercation with them, I could either get away from them or I could probably beat them. up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, typically you're you're above average height, so you could do one of those like in grade school where it's like, come on, hit me, and you just put your hand on their forehead, and they're like swinging like this, and they can't even touch you because you got that reach. Dude, I was in military school, and I will never forget the smallest kid got in a fight with the biggest kid. And the biggest yeah. kid, small kid, was like really jacked, like really ripped little fucker, mm-hmm. and the tallest kid. I mean, the smallest kid had to be like five four. The tallest kid had to be 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six, like just a fucking giant, mm-hmm. big, gangly, goobery kind of guy, but so big that like you didn't want to mess with him at all. You knew that you'd probably get your ass kicked. And this, he grabbed a hold of this little kid and started shaking him. He's like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? He's like, let go of me, let go of me, let go of me. He just punches this kid in the temple. Immediately blood pops out of his ear Whoa. and the dude's down unconscious. So... I don't trust small people. Yeah. They're feisty. They're fightery. They're fightery. Yeah. He's whitery. Yeah. He's whitery. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we've taken this in so many crazy directions. Um, still, let's go back to update nudes and continue this thing. Sure. Halloween, I didn't dress up at all. Uh, I, I didn't really do anything. I was so dead from from a you know, battle bunker. I mean, I guess I dressed up as a race director. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had the Dahmer shades on and a white t-shirt. So I was like, I don't have anything. I have this white t-shirt. I guess we went out it. on Saturday. I guess we yeah. went out on Saturday, but that was a junior varsity party at best. Yeah. I, uh, I did not. I got back at like 10 30, 11 by the time I found my car and I crashed hard last night. No, no, no. It was, it was, uh, Oh, last night. No, no, no. I put the candy out on the, on the doorstep. I'm saying on Sunday, I crashed hard, and then last night was like a real chill night. I put out candy on the doorstep, and the kids came up and got their candy. Dude, I don't have that level of maturity. If I saw a bucket full of candy, I would have poured the whole thing in my bag and walked away. <laughs> I, I, I not, had a little dry, like, take dry a penny, race Leave board. a penny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like user they, they did good. I had four bags, and there was even a little bit left for me. But, you know, with this transformation challenge, I picked all that shit up and threw it in the back of my closet right now. Put all the beer back of the closet. 
yesterday, yesterday I had three candy bars, mm. and I'm not a candy person. I'm not. Oh, not I had a candy donuts. Person. I had a Danish. I ate, I, had donuts I, I lived too. it up. Yeah. I had two donuts. I had a Cinnabon. <coughs> Jeez, man, I'm I'm dying. Um, Ooh, Christopher von Hoff. Favorite part of Battle Barker was Hunter calling me beefcake. I could see it. I bet you got thick. You All right, slow your roll, beefcake. Yeah. What was the context? Um, yeah, give us some story here, dude. Type in a little bit of the story because I can't remember me calling you a beefcake. Um. Christopher, we need a little bit more details behind this. All right, let's. I just want to give one crazy story, which is I read about here, and I, I feel like we're we're just giving the bad news, but the bad news is what usually gets to the top. Did you hear about this um, this human stampede in Korea where like 150 people died? No. What was going on? Stampede in in Korea. Do you have a fire alarm going off? Probably. I don't think anything's uh, happening. 150, 150 plus people killed. They were like all in this hall, like this alleyway, and they Crown. just started running down. I just cannot imagine how people stomp each other to death. You just get going, and and you catch a you catch a um, a a clip in the in the in the ground, and then you fall over, and you got nothing but people trampling behind you. That's, just, that's what that's what scares me with like running with the bulls. Like I feel like I feel like I'd be able to outrun, you know, for, from like keep ahead of the last person. <coughs> but then if you catch if you catch a lip in the ground and you fall on the ground, you're gored. You're done. Yeah, well, I I feel terrible. Like that would be such a tragedy because you could probably be smothered. Everything it just would be so fucking scary. But why were 150 all 150 people gathered together? It was just out in the streets celebrating, and then something yeah, happened. They, they, decided supposedly to run. they were in this like alleyway where like a couple bars and lights are at, and they all just started charging, hmm. and people were just getting crushed. It oh. just seems super okay. crazy to me. Surged on Saturday night. We could hear people crowd say, "Was this at possibly a nightclub?" It. I don't know. I T A Wan Club, the Ayatan Wan Club, poured out of our club, and the crowd poured out of our club, saying, "Don't push, don't push." Wow. Oh God, that's so gnarly. Um, next, I want to talk about Tom Brady is still keeping it together. I mean, like he's getting his shit kicked in, but at the same time. He's keeping it together, dude. Broke up with his wife for 14 years or something like that. So it's officially he's done with her? They're done. Who's getting the mansion? That thing you could rent out and you could have 100 people they and just, still they, not know that who's in the house. They sold one in Tampa. Where's the mansion? The mansion was like uh, Waterside. It's, yeah. That's got to be it. They put, that, they put that in the market. I saw all this stuff and I was like, because I'm keeping up with dad's stuff. And um, dad kind of just drip, drips information to me all day long. Tom Brady, though, you know what's interesting? I, I don't know why he's, he's still doing it to himself, but he's got guts, dude. He's still second in, in the league, um, or at least in his conference. He's got a 3-5 and five record right now, and he's just behind the record. Um, Falcons at 4-4, four and four, so it's really not that bad for all the shit that he's going through. He's, he he uh, is the pure definition of when you come onto the field, you, you leave your personal <laughs> problems off the, on the sidelines, and it's game time. Like yeah. pure, you know, he, he should write a book on mental toughness because I don't know 
than anybody else would be able to just like going through divorce, all these things that are going on with like probably splitting assets. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to focus on my game and he's killing it. Yep. Dude, did you see the Michigan State brawl in the tunnel? See any content on that? I, I saw Dave Portnoy did like a green screen behind and saw saw these guys go crazy. Were they was it one of those where they're crossing back over and they, they did a crisscross to get back to their their uh one of them just went the wrong way down the tunnel. It was a University of Michigan guy got in the tunnel of Michigan State and they really beat the piss out of this guy. And it's mm. all on camera. This is what I don't get anymore. Like if you're in the in like a dark alleyway, even yeah. a dark alleyway is is you're in trouble these days. Unless you're in the middle of nowhere and there's not many people out there, no one's got their phones, like you're Somebody's gonna, gonna have get, a camera. They're gonna film you. And yeah. they, they, these guys got their names on their jerseys and they're just beating the crap out of this guy. And did you know like they gotta be filing charges and then you, you dummy, you're on scholarship. You don't think that the university is gonna say this is bad PR for us, so uh yeah. we're they're already suspended. I bet yeah. you they'll probably get expelled. What I thought, first of all, was just poor leadership. I yeah. was like, dude, it's not these kids' fault. Like, somebody got these guys so riled up to make them think that they could do that. Like, you know the right team. Like, Belichick Belichick oh. would just, like, can and rip people apart. And, like, you know, he, you got to have good leadership there because that coach has got to strike the fear of God. Like we aren't messing around. Like you go out there and these people aren't gang banging. Like it's a, it's a freaking rivalry, but they, they went the wrong way and and you decided to to get a beat down. Dude, if I was the Michigan coach, I would literally, that's horrible. I PT my guys. I PT my guys for two weeks straight. No practice. I make them sit in the water in the lake. I'd be like, you guys fucked up. Just, just freeze them out. Water, freeze I just water. make them run, run stairs, puke Ever, over and over again. Two weeks. Um, well, it says right here there's fights all throughout the game, yeah. but that's just poor leadership. Like, what do you expect? I punched people in the face all the time when I was that age. Yeah, I did. It took until like a certain point where I recognized like I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> these coaches should rip these kids apart. Like that's the job of a coach. Like you're teaching people and you're instilling values. You're giving them better characteristics, not only from on the field, but off the field, so on and so forth. So. Yeah. yeah. Cause isn't that the role of like a football coach? A lot of, a lot of players are like, Oh man, I never had a role model growing up. And so you kind of look for the coach as, as what your role model is. And I think it starts from the top, it starts from yeah. the top of management. I have to say, I, I believe that the majority of the trouble that I was in when I was younger came from the fact that I had shitty, shitty leadership and shitty, mm-hmm. shitty mentors. Like my parents, I don't blame them, but they weren't really doing anything. They weren't doing anything to really like teach me the way they were just mm-hmm. like, don't do that. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's not really teaching. That's like just saying don't. And everybody knows when they say don't do something, you're enticed you to do, do it more. Like, hey. Don't touch the liquor in the cabinet. You're like, well. Don't touch the hot stove. Well, is it really hot? Let me see. Dude, I'll never forget. You know, I start, I started drinking at a very young age because I remember, like, people would be over the house and they'd have parties and stuff. And if anybody left a glass of wine down or a beer, mm-hmm. I'd run up and just scull it real quick. Just like, boom. <laughs> and. Like morning after or, or day of? Day or of. Like within in the party. Yeah. Day of. I'll never forget. 
First time I ever got drunk. This is what did it to me. I'm nine years old. We're in Florida. Nine. (laughs) (coughs) I didn't know what I was doing. So this is like truly like a way in over my head situation. My step uncles, they're all from Kentucky. There's four of them. Mm -hmm. They all come in from Kentucky. I, our family comes in from Connecticut. There's my dad. There's my three brothers. There's my four uncles. Everybody's having a good time. Was this a family reunion? No, it's just Christmas. Oh, okay. Christmas. Everyone's having a good time. And we're in the kitchen. All men right now. So it's like a very like tribal, strong kind of moment. Oh, yeah. And we're sitting there or standing there. And all of a sudden they reach into the freezer and they're like, oh, yeah, you ready, boys? (laughs) (laughs) My uncle whips out a jar of moonshine. I've got Ooh. no clue clear uh, clue what it is. They drove down with this thing. And this isn't the apple pie kind of moonshine that you get from Walmart. This is the clear mason glass jar, clear like white, a, white light. Like a big glass of water. Like, I got you know, one of those in my cabinet right now. I know what you're so talking about. Everyone's taking rips off of it. They're like, ah, oh, like everybody's making this noise, but they're like beating their chests like, yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets to have it. Gets to my brother. My brother's 11 or 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And it comes to my turn. And I was like, hey. And they're like, nah, 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 dude. Come on, you're <laughs> too young. And I was like, what? Like everybody but me? They're like, yep. Aww. Can't touch the stuff. Huge mistake. They should have poured me like a microscopic shot. and Let me just have some. Let's give you a taste. So everybody leaves the room. Everybody kind of leaves. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. And they put it back in the freezer. I go to the mason jar after everyone leaves. I take some time off and I rip this thing. And I'm talking about like big gulps. And I just didn't know. And it, you know, you get the burn and everything, but you don't know what you just did. Yeah. I don't remember anything beyond that point. I just remember being on the ground going, like in a ball. And my dad's like, get up. It's time to go to bed. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, Dad, the world is spinning. Yeah. And then his dad's like, get up. And he grabs me by my arm and picks me up and I projectile vomit all over the room. Uh, Oh, gosh, dude. But, you know, I mean, but that's what I'm trying to talk about. That's like this leadership kind of thing where these guys got to take the role of teaching them like, hey, you know, it's like really cool to punch somebody in the face. But the reason why we don't do it (laughs) is so give potential (laughs) head injuries. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. could die. Or you could lose your scholarship. Like, where are you guys going without your scholarship? Because trust me, like, you guys cause problems like this. There's not a team in the country that will touch you. That Mercedes that you're driving, gone. That $250,000 car, gone. Dude, that that's bag, so crazy that these kids are getting paid that kind of money now. And now it's not under the table. Now it's now those, those guys can be, like, legit sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was alarming. Hey, um, uh, Chris came back. It was after the FUBAR event. Well, After completing the four rounds, probably. Proud of you, Chris. Good job, bud. Super, super proud that, of that you. That shit was very hard. I can't imagine. It's so crazy how a hundred pounds sandbag. Because there's a good buddy of mine, Phil, who qualified for the top twenty people that go get to go to Wadapalooza, like the best mm. in the world. Yeah, and that's like some hard, hard ass CrossFit stuff. Yeah, yeah. Big barbells. The dude cleans in like the mid three hundreds. Snatches two eighty, like. It's freakish. Mm-hmm. Dude, he got his ass handed to him in that workout. Ass he was there at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I did one round with it, and I did five, five, and then ran <clears> 50. 
dropped it and yeah. I was like, all right, I'm good. It's tough. Yeah. Right now I have to do this like big breakdown of how all the reps work and explain to people because, you know, I intentionally um, did not explain things too deeply to people. Yeah. I just made it very simple for them. The best way to understand this workout is to do the work that you're told to do mm-hmm. and be ahead of everybody else. Yep. And I feel like, like the more details that you get, the, the more like analyzation and you're like, well, if I do this and I dog it here, but I can go better here. It's just like flat line, one sentence, do better than I know. the person next to you. I Run know. faster than the person next to you. And that's how Isaiah ended up winning. It's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. I went up to Kent and I went up to him because I knew that he was in the lead. And I said, dude, you know, this is the last this is the last workout. This is the Hybricon. Hybricon. And I was like, this right here decides who wins this whole thing. And he's like, no way, dude. I'm way ahead in points. Which is crazy because he had the same explanation as everyone else with like the one sentence blanket statement. But you actually had the knowledge of what was going on with the points. I, I feel like he would he would kind of take it more to heart by you saying, hey, this matters. But he's like, no, I got it. I don't know no. how he would be calculating more behind the scenes than what everyone else would. He was way too cocky about it. And he was the only person I gave a hint to like that. You know, he should have known like a dummy would, it, you'd have to be dumb not to know what position you were in. Like, you know, cause he came in like third place at the, Oh first man, one. he killed it on FUBAR. He was, he, he was it. out the lead. Just, and he was doing two or three laps at least. Three. He won, he won FUBAR. Yeah. But then he did badly. Um, he did badly in the obstacle course race and it only, he only ended up losing by two points. Uh, it was, it was exactly that. And I think, you know, on Friday yeah. or Thursday, I'm going to do a show where we really, really break down, um, some of this stuff and we're going to bring some a- uh, athletes on to discuss this. So we can just kind of like go over it, go over it with Austin, have some fun. So yeah, yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to doing, but you know, the battle bunker thing, just to kind of give it a basic recap, like I am amazed that we did what we did with the resources that we had. We showed up on Tuesday and it was other than the course, like nothing was done. How, how so? Were the sandbags not done? Ruck packs not packed? Oh, me, dude. Like I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about that <laughs> literally. I don't know which Marshall that is. I'm assuming it's I think Marshall it's Marshall couples. couples. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that like not, none of the rowers were there. Uh-huh. None of the sand was there for the sandbags. N- the field wasn't painted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the scorecards weren't assembled. I hadn't even met any of the staff. Uh, Cause you know, I live in Malibu and I'm traveling all over the place. Austin's the point of contact for all this stuff. And I'm just relaying messages, doing phone calls, trying to like, just figure this stuff out. Mm -hmm. And we're going through all this. And it's like, I get there and I'm like, wow. Like basically right now we have a couple mounds of dirt (laughs) and an obstacle course race. And there's, there's hundreds of people coming this weekend, you know, sponsors, athletes, uh, spectators, so on and so forth. Volunteers. Uh, you know, broadcast team, all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. And the acceleration of time and progress that we had in that short period of time was just crazy. By the time we got to 
um, Friday night, I was like, I still don't even know if we're ready. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, we get everything set up. Like the next day we're there and it's like, you know, we're getting the day started. We're setting things up. The sunrise, like, you know, came up a little bit slower than we expected it to. I don't know how. And well, I we saw get, that. I asked what, you know, I asked Siri, like, what time does the sun rise? And it said like 7 a.m. And I know we were going off at like 640. Well, you got to know we had a cons- we had X amount of work to get done and we had to use all hours, all yeah. hours. Um, I mean, it was an all all day event. I mean, we if we didn't start at that time, I remember t- texting with you and Austin like, hey, uh, can the one place have our rowers ready? And that was getting stuff ready Friday midday. Like we were texting them just after lunch or just before lunch. <coughs> like, hey, can we go pick up this stuff right now? Yeah. So triple R, first workout. Ooh. The way I designed this thing is we originally were going to do, you know, the Olympic Training Center has a lake next to it. Yeah. There is a path behind the lake. We were going to do this path run. Um, yep. It is by far uh, Austin crashing that cart. We're going to get into that in a second, but. You're going to run behind the lake and then you are going to, we are going to have you paddle across the lake and then you are going to come up off the lake and come to the track and finish the last piece. Wait, this was the original design? This was the original design. And all of a sudden, like the logistics and the cost and everything just all of a sudden just like came on top of us, just like a million tons of just like problems. So that changed. So then all of a sudden it gets down to like, we do want to rock like rocking, you know, the fact that rucking needs to be addressed in these kind of workouts because it is first responder military style training specifically. So we wanted that in there. We can't be in a boat. So obviously what's the best thing you can do? You get on a rower. Mm -hmm. Um, That was great. And then last but not least, I created this sprint aspect because you have to understand, like I wanted this like last chance opportunity Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that field goal that wins the championship. Yep. That's what I wanted. I wanted that. And I also wanted it to be really good on camera. And let me tell you, dude, the camera, if these guys got it properly, mm-hmm. is going to look insane. Cause that 800 meter run at the very end with yeah. the man, at least was one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed in my um, category of sport. It was the fastest thing I've ever seen. And that changed the dynamic of so many of these races and so many people, we're freaked out. Like, how did that happen? I said, guys, run fast on that 800. You run fast. Because that was kind of its own. Kind of, <clears throat> not, it, it wasn't its own event, but that run alone from rower out on the track back to rower. It was rower, weighted different. Touch. It was weighted different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, it was weighted differently. And I'm going to explain this, but it's multiples of three. So if two athletes finish in 25 minutes. Yeah. But, one athlete finishes their 800 and 230. One athlete finishes their 803 minutes. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 places between them. There's a 30-second time penalty between the two of those two guys. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, I cannot <laughs> wait to get the film on this. So I want you guys to understand. We get this thing started. We get this thing started, Triple R. And I'm, like, so excited. The cart's rolling, and I'm looking backwards. Austin's driving. I'm looking backwards at the field. We've got Matt in the back with a camera and Matt's. So you guys are filming, filming in the cart and Austin's driver. We're filming this for like the postdoc stuff. And it was yeah. really great. And we're driving and there's this pack of guys just like charging at us. And I'm like, 
yeah. And all of a sudden, I just start to feel the cart like, oh, we're like skipping. <laughs> I turn around and there's film of this. I got to get it. And it, I'm just like, holy shit. Boom. Like, oh, and I jump off the cart and just start running ahead. Now, I'm totally freaked out because I'm like, oh my gosh, like these people don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And if we just wrecked the cart, I'm going to have to run ahead of these guys the entire time for two miles, even though they have backpacks on, but they're racing. Oh shit. This in- was at the start of the ruck. Yep. And I'm, oh, in, com- I'm in combat boots. Yeah. Hiking boots. I, I saw the, I saw those hiking boots. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to run maybe the first like four to 600 meters with them. And I was just like, oh my God. And I'm looking back all the time. I'm like, please God say that this cart's not totaled. Please God say this cart's not told. And what did he run into? He just wasn't paying attention. And by the way, yeah. Austin, I, I love you, but you continued to fuck up the rest of the course. Austin just kept on getting so excited about what was going on. He kept on looking back. He wanted to see, he needed like one of those, uh, the, those, um, mirrors that uh, uh parents have to to look at their young ones in the car yeah. seat in the back he needed yeah. that reverse mirror dude and he almost ran into multiple other things and oh, i eventually no. was like dude i was like austin enough i was like dude we cannot wreck this car again <laughs> and it was it was crazy like it i mean i get it like you want to see all this hard work that you, yeah, put you gotta see your hard work years. put to put to uh put to practice yeah so we get through and now we get there, and now this is something like I could not have foreseen. We get on the rowers, we start moving, and these guys, I feel so bad. And I've never seen this before, and that's the only reason why I didn't know it could have happened. Mm-hmm. But the rowers were skipping; they were not catching. And I don't yeah, know what I felt. what I heard. It was like it was going fifty meters, two fifty, and then staying for two fifty after three pulls, and then going back to fifty meters. It was like massive jumps and then it would stay there. It it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It was, it would just, it would not, it would not read the pace. It would not grab. So it would, you pull with all this Mm -hmm. force and it would now all of a sudden not catch. So you would just go completely loose and almost fall off the back of it. Mm. And you know what? Like the athletes were troopers. They accepted what happened and we adjusted based on knowing their times when they got there, everything like that. We made some adjustment. It only happened to five rowers. And then we adjusted for the um, the women coming, but that scared the shit out of me. And then they got off and they absolutely annihilated the run. And then by the time the women came through, like we had completely uh, addressed the issue. We had one busted rower completely. We pulled that out there. Um, no, Brian, the rowers were not new. They were, um, they were, they were all from this one training center, which like, um, like, I, I don't know. We, we rented all these rowers. Uh, half of them were for Invictus and the other ones. And interestingly enough, all of the rower issues came from not Invictus. We got two from Austin-owned, 10 or 11 from Invictus, and the rest were from this other training center. And this is where, like, you know, a, like collegiate-level rowers train in all of them. Uh, hmm. They were just having issues. And I don't know what the heck's going on because I've never seen it before. But uh, It wasn't because the <laughs> rowers hung out there overnight? And the dew or damp? I don't think so because here's the thing. We set up all the rowers from this one company in the middle, and then we did five and five on the sides for Invictus. Yeah. No issues on those ones. Hmm. And they sat in the same place. Yeah. 
So there's something wrong with this company. And no offense, I'm, I'm not trying to say you're bad people for it, but it was 100% um, isolated to their rowers that had hmm. this issue. So, and interestingly enough, it happened the night before. I can show you text messages right now. Like I literally contacted Shane, the guy who manages dark horse rowing. I contacted him. I was like, dude, for some reason, this flywheel is not catching. And he told me that there's some piece that is, um, that was off about it. So hmm. it specifically came from then. He was the person who introduced us. I was like, dude, like I, 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 I am, I'm down a rower. This is uh, not good. And so we just had to swap it out for one extra rower that we had. And that was like our one oops rower. If we, we needed an extra. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just not good. Um, and by the time the girls came through, we completely adjusted it. The girls had no problems. The only person who bumped into a problem was weeks and we adjusted our time because of it. So anytime there was an issue, I went in and I did this like whole mathematic thing where I was like, all right, you got in here. I know this, that, and then like, you know, we, we had to adjust, but, um, still pretty crazy. That was the only bump that we had all weekend was rowers and it was something we couldn't control and we'll do better next time. Um, triple R though. Great endurance event. Very well-rounded, really cool. Great for camera. Fubar was this one where it was just like mayhem. There yeah. was one man out there that sounded like he was giving birth to a child every time he did reps. He was a firefighter. Um, I like the. I, I, I was. I think it was the second second round of guys, and the head judge. He uh, very deep bellowing voice and accent, and you just George. hear the voice and George. Yeah. So get in the box. Le- get in he's the like, box. Why get are you? Box. Why are you walking? Why are you walking? Get up! Run! Run! Why are you walking? My favorite was, was like, get in the box, get in the box, get in the box. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, this why is- are you even walking right now? Dude, I'm tired. Doesn't matter. Keep running. Great guy. Great guy. I, I loved it. Um, MVP there. I'm probably gonna give points to Carly. Carly Wopat like got the work done. Yeah. Like threw this bag around like a child and then ran with it. And it, she was only a few points off the top guy's score. Wow. Yeah. She was a beast. She was absolutely. It was it was fun to watch. Each round had their own leaders and everything. It was just fun to watch them take down this very heavy ass weight. Yeah, yeah. See how and they then, dealt with it. I made a post this morning about it, and I said that it was a really cool thing about the workouts. Is like each and every single workout showcased unique champions. Champions mm-hmm. like Rylan dominated the first workout, and yeah. Ida really crushed the first workout and then both of them not didn't do like terrible but they did not go anywhere near close to the top the second round Hmm. um there was this one there was this really 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 uh she also did four extra cleans i don't know who do that i did oh carly carly did carly carly did extra cleans yeah that was another (laughs) thing that we had to time adjust so i counted out how long it took for reps we had to time adjust it one thing that like people have to notice i'm gonna like have a conversation about this and make a post like my job was being the race director so i created these workouts i created the time flow i created the scoring i created like i was just managing the field at all times like hey here are the athletes here's the work that needs to get done this is going to be the start time this is going to be the um the movement standards and this is going to be your guys roles and judges switch out like this many times and here's mm-hmm. the clock. So I would keep an eye on the clock. I keep an eye on the judge. I keep an eye on the head judge. And yeah. 
people would come up to me afterwards. They're like, this and this and this is happening. I was like, guys, I taught this team to the best of my ability. And yep. I gave them their own level of responsibility. Like, I'm not going to be a micromanager. Like, I'm going to do this. And then anything that comes to me after the fact, I will adjust to the best I of mean, my ability. You did You did day before you went through with the, with the judges. And then day <laughs> of, right before, like each round, yep. right before, you're like, judges, come over. And then you had the sandbag in, in your hands. And you're like, all right, this is what a drop spot is going to look like. This is what a no rep is. And you were going through. Yep. And then, all right, three, two, one, go. Yep. So, you know there's adjustments and there were some flaws in there, but it, it's, that's sport. Like, you know, sometimes judges make bad calls in all sports and sometimes athletes make bad calls in sports. So, you know, speaking on a higher level and a more positive level, like FUBAR came across perfectly. Like we had to adjust it from its original inception. Originally I wanted these people to do the similar workout and then we were going to have them actually make a bunker out of sandbags. Hmm. Cause I wanted it to really like, solidify the name battle bunker was it originally 150 pounds for the dude for the guys yes (laughs) Yes. holy cow but i mean listen i so this originally came from a workout that i created called dogfight it was five squat uh five cleans five squats 50 meter carry five rounds Mm -hmm. and i used to do this with a big sandbag called big blue i remember that in your in your gym you used to do this to get ready for uh the stone cold steve austin uh um, yeah that thing now, I have footage of this on my phone that I'll show you. Um, just to show people that this is capable. Mm-hmm. And this is like not premier level Hunter. This is the <laughs> the level of Hunter where I just got back and I had um, gotten really sick over the summer. I was not the best version of myself. Um, let's see here if I can find this bad boy. Come on, this is a really good workout. I want to show you guys it. Here you go. You doing dog fight? This is it. Here we go. That's a hundred fifty pound. Race director, battle bunker. This is food bar test workout. One hundred fifty pound bag. Ideally, not the situation we want to have. We are going to do five cleans, five squats, thirty meter carry. And we're going to go from there. You going all the way down or are you going to use the sandbag that's right there? I am. I'm just turning on the clock. Uh Uh-huh. I just want people to know, though, that this is the original design. And we adjust because, like, you know, just we understood that people, we wanted to get different things. One. That's a big boulder. I feel like for some competitors, this might have been a DNF. Totally. Carry it. Ooh. Ooh. You know, if somebody's listening to this audio, there could be a question as to what you're actually doing there in the background. <laughs> so when I originally designed this thing, I would make videos of all of these workouts and I would send them to Austin and I would time it. And I think I finished this whole thing, this whole workout in 440. Wow. Yep. 
So, um, there was a lot of work that went into all these things. And then our original idea versus the, the, the idea that we ended up having when, like, you know, once we got all done with it, because we mm-hmm. started to understand, like, hey, equipment versus like you know return on reward versus the ability of athletes all these kind of things and things adjusted yeah um girls dominated food bar a lot of (laughs) a lot of crazy crazy experiences out there witnessing my favorite was watching these people afterwards because that sandbag run there was Mm -hmm. dead bodies on the ground afterwards and like after every single time i'm sitting there and people would rush across the field after they're done because people would see bodies on the ground and they would send medics. Yeah. Now the first couple times that happened, my heart nearly exploded. I was like, fuck, I killed somebody. <laughs> like I, and then all of a sudden it came down to the thing where I was like, all right, these guys are just fried and they're okay. Because, and eventually yeah. I just stopped like freaking out. But for a while I was like, Oh, 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 like I, I'm just like, this is going to be so bad. I mean, they dropped so, some guys dropped the bag in the middle of the round. Like they were on round two going into three, dropped it and laid on the ground in like a fetal position to then rest for 30 seconds to get back up and, and go into their clean and squat again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Ida at the end or Ida, Ida, I don't know how to probably say her name. She was in a ball. She was in a ball at the end. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I had to go over there and check in on her too. So then last but not least, obviously the Hypercon course. And that was probably the craziest thing because, you know, a lot of people just were not ready for that heat. I think probably less, maybe like less than 50% of people finished it for sure. Maybe even less than 30%. There there was a big bottleneck that they got through the uh, strip one, strip two, and on strip three where it was the one where it was right before the rings with the the split off uh, V for the metal. Like swing it back and forth. It was the one where <laughs> and get up, right. you swing. Uh, I think a lot of people stopped here, got to this point, and they couldn't get any further. Um, but it was like you hanging on the two ropes and then pulling your body through. Then the next one was was uh, the you're you're swinging with the uh, the ring and you're you're supposed to hook it onto the to the metal V's. A lot of yep. people stopped right there and got caught. It's just it's tough. So that time your forearms are shot. Yep. I mean, like so. Um, when I originally created this thing, so you oh, designed the, the the actual obstacles uh, that that Austin put in there. Yep. Wow. I wanted it to be like Broken Skull Ranch, but I wanted it to get incrementally harder over time. I was just like, yeah. lane one was supposed to be a sprint, lane two was supposed to be a little bit harder, lane three was supposed to be like, holy crap. Yeah. And it was supposed to get harder over time, and like, it's supposed to be a ranking system. Each obstacle is scored in points. So, like, you know, you get to the score, the last one, you have the score of one. You didn't get to the first obstacle, you have the score of 22. And there's time penalties of 30 seconds on top of each one. Hmm. And, like, you really saw, like, people just didn't finish. Yeah. People didn't finish. And it was, like, pretty crazy to watch, like, the amount of, like, high-level athletes. Even Rylan at the end was about seven seconds behind the course record. And then he finished a minute and 20 seconds behind it because he could not get over the champagne popper. 
What's uh, that's the last one. It's not really called champagne popper, but I think it's like cliffhanger is what Tough Mudder called it at some point. But I, I think, call it the champagne popper. Um, I, I think we saw a video of you in an orange uh, orange vest doing. It might have been TMX where that was the the final final obstacle to get up and over to where yeah. if you have enough strength, uh, the quickest way is that muscle muscle up. up. Yeah. yeah, holy hell! So. It's going to be one of these kind of things where it gets like really better over time and it's going to get more interesting over time. And now VJ is the course record holder and is the course record holder. So it's going to be one of these kind of things where we keep on bringing back athletes to challenge them and get like really good championship level scores. It was awesome to see like VJ in his element, like going through that and just fucking crushing, you know, yep. through that whole course. It it's like, that's his cool. thing. Yeah. I, uh, I'm pretty gosh darn pumped to see where this thing goes. I was thinking about, I was like, where would I stack up in this? I might have to go throw my name back in the hat or hat and <laughs> Um, yeah. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, we're going to have a more comprehensive breakdown. I guess as we're kind of wrapping this thing up, I want to answer some questions for people here. Um, tattooed climber, any tips for my first high rocks in February? You should probably get on house training. I think the yeah. best way to really handle uh, like getting ready for an event that you've never done before is like go get with a group of people that have done it. If you care about your results, if you just want to show up, like go have fun, keep on working out, watch videos that other people post about it, but get a good coach. Um, I think it's really, really important. Like I always pay for a coach. Like I have a coach for my, for my uh, canoeing experience. I had had somebody help me out with my Ironman training, all this kind of stuff. Because if you care about results, you should care. Like you should get knowledge from the people who know best. Yeah, um, Irox is this weekend in Illinois. Hell yeah, dude! Shot is it Shot Town and is it actual the one the same venue or no? No, they so they're coming back. I think at the beginning of January or February at Navy Pier, which is where it's always been. But mm -hmm. this is, uh, I think, it's going to be in a suburb of uh, Chicago. Cool. It's not actually downtown. You know, Navy Pier and area. Yep. Um, looks like right here. I didn't see the monkey bar for the rogue invitational. Um, we were too focused on our own amazing event route to focus on the rogue invitational, but they're doing a great job. I think that's pretty gosh darn cool. It's amazing to see like the size that CrossFit has established in some of these events and the viewership. Like that's the one thing that I made a note of saying when we wrapped up the entire weekend, I was like, guys, this is a community. And if you want to grow this thing, you have to support. Yeah. Like, you know, you 10 people share on these a, videos. Yeah. 10 people on a boat versus one person on a boat. Like if I'm on my boat rowing, if you guys all get in and help me out, it's going to go a lot farther and a lot faster. The CrossFit community is cultish. They're obsessive. They are super supportive. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the cash prizes are in like the millions of dollars because these guys just have the weight of just bringing in so much energy into the events. Their viewership's massive. Their athlete participation's massive. We're trying to do that. And that's mm -hmm. like the way Battle Bunker is really designed is like, you know, viewership and media is we're trying to make these athletes look like stars. So if you guys are fans of this thing and you're an athlete that's participated or a spectator, like do your best to spread the word because we're going to keep on growing this thing. Um, there's a reason why I'm even on the show right now is because I understand the best way to grow the projects that I'm doing is yeah. by getting behind um, and pumping up the media. Even if it's just myself talking all the time, it's the best mm -hmm. way to get it going. And if people like yourself are tuning in, sending in comments and questions and stuff, and then sharing it, it grows it. So 
get behind it and share it. Here you go, Brian. Brian's got a, a big question here. Thoughts on Hyrox doubles challenge you laid down. It's Hyrox interest to sort that out as sport needs personalities and rivalries. We have not covered that yet. Yeah, there I mean, was, dude, there was would, a bit of like bad blood. They were kind of pissed off at, at your 5,000. I'll take you on at this course. Let's be nice to each other. I was talking about this the other day with somebody and they were saying like, do you know like how popular the UFC was before Conor McGregor came in? Not that popular. I can't imagine it was very popular. It wasn't. And it wasn't interesting. And then UFC became global and Conor McGregor became global because they changed the narrative in the way that they made these fights happen. Mm -hmm. They got into this bad mouth and trash talk. And it was almost like a WWF, like come in here, brother. Yeah. And like, I'm not picking on these guys. I'm riling them up. And you know what? They set the world record because I was making fun of them the day before. They, they missed our record multiple times. And so what? They got it. I said, hey, listen, I don't really care about records. The best way to improve, uh, to prove yourself is to come beat me face to face. And yeah. like, I'm not only the doubles world record holder, I'm the world record holder individually. And I'm the two-time world champion of this sport. I was like, you guys barking up the wrong tree and as if you guys want to like pretend like they they bantered back and then they got Mm -hmm. offended because they're too scared and they have no (laughs) follow-through i put money down because listen i compete for cash these guys say we don't compete in high rocks for cash i was like okay if that's the case every single time you get a dollar from this point i want you to pick a charity and and give it away donate 100 percent. you've already made that statement i compete for cash because it's what i do for a living i don't live with my parents like you guys do i uh i bust my ass i own companies i I I'm making moves and if I'm going to get up off the couch and I'm going to come compete, someone better show up with some cash and high rocks doesn't pay for doubles mm-hmm. and I'm not showing up and doing anything. That's not really going to align with my future being a better one. Yeah. So I don't need to beat you guys. I've beaten you guys every single time I've competed against you. And it's, it's not like Hunter's making fun of you. I'm just reading a sheet of paper. Like if I typed it in the phone and then Siri said it, these are just facts that I'm reading off. They're just coming out of my mouth. So you're offended by it. Mm-hmm. So at this point I will do a doubles championship, but they have to bring money and I'm not taking money from high rocks. I'm taking money from them. Mm-hmm. I want them to put money down and put you know money where their mouth is and compete. And, put your um, pink slip up. As yeah, put your pink slip up. And if I lose, I'll give you money. Like I could take, I can take $5,000 out of my closet right now. Like it's not a big deal. And you guys should do the same. And I think it's better for the sport. It's not better for me. It's better for the sport. You guys would be lucky if we all of a sudden made doubles cool enough for people to start paying attention. Mm-hmm. So people are already listening and asking. You guys should um, try to do something about this rather than sit there and say that I've offended you. Like, be motivated by it, okay? Someone pokes you in the chest. Don't crumble. Stand up a little bit taller. So um, that would be my point. Um, your dad wrote something nice. Battle Monk was awesome to watch. Next up. Um, event is it possible to have the scoreboard to see the standings competed tom um we did want to do that but you have to understand like these there's 64 athletes and when we were doing scoring we literally would get everybody done and we'd have an hour and 15 minutes until the next one the scoring could not be done in the period of time that was necessary to have it like uh ready for you guys to see And we also, I couldn't verify it. So like everything was unofficial and I didn't want to put things up and get people all upset because even scores even changed 30 minutes before the podium. 
because I had to go review and watch videos because I said, no, this is not true. And based on what my judges did, and I'm not picking on judges, people make mistakes. It's their first time doing this. It's my mm -hmm. first time doing this. I had to go back and watch film. So mm -hmm. there's a reason why I didn't put scores up. I even had like Austin take down all these videos that he'd posted because people were taking screenshots of videos and then zooming in to look at our scoreboards and stuff and then messaging me and saying, hey, how is this possible? I didn't get this. And I was like, do not look at those mm. things as the answers. Like those are just representations of us doing some math. Like it's not the final standings. So it, it, it was, it was, <laughs> it was like an MIT level math class behind the scenes every single time. And we were doing yeah. the best of our ability to get it and, out. And it wasn't changing the rules mid game. It was like verifying what the established rules are and making sure you had the math correct as to what your, what your standards were going to be for each individual uh, thing. I would set the workout. I would set the scores, yeah. uh, the point structure to it. And then I would give people the scorecards and then they'd go through They're like, here's the workout. Here's the scoring. Here are the scorecards. One, two, three actions. Mm -hmm. And then they take it. And then all of a sudden, we would get into the room and we would say, hey, guys, like, we, what's the highest level score here? I'm like, it should be in the high 70s for this one. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, someone raises up like 77 points. Some, another person raised their hands like, I have 81. So we'd find out like their, their highest point, And then we'd start going through with everybody on the sheet of paper and start breaking it down like that. That's literally how we had to do the scoring in line because there was so, there was, you know, so many points of data. We had to find out who was the top of the ladder and then start going down from there. Like, it was a process. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, once we got the flow going, I would walk out of the room and say, guys, I'm trusting that you got this. I have to leave and go start setting up the next workout. And they'd be like, okay, yeah. I'll bring you the scorecard and I'll, and I'll make sure. And so they would bring me the scorecard for Vubar, And I'd say, okay, this is the top eight athletes because they're the first wave. And I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. So we set them in, boom, on to the next thing. I know that's a, a long-winded, complicated answer, but that's really what it looked like. Um, let's sign off on this thing. You got yes, anything sir. else you want to say? Uh, welcome to training <laughs> camp. We're going to put this on the podcast, but welcome to training camp. Everyone that, uh, bought in, I hit my workout this morning. I feel great. Um, German involvement, German volume training is, uh, look good naked. And I'm so excited. I did mine yesterday, dude. And I'm so sore. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to like, okay, I can back squat more than 45 pounds on the bar, but I'm doing it 10 different times. So I didn't, I didn't put more than 45, 45 and five on each side. And then I took them off and, and almost did like 35 pounds on each side because I was doing 10 reps each. So you did bar plus two forty fives plus fives. No, no, no bar. And then on one side was a 45 and the other side was a 45 and then yep. a five pound. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So you're at 145. Dude, mm -hmm. I did front squats yesterday. I started out with 115 for the first six rounds. Yeah. And then I went to uh 155 for the last two rounds. And like I, I was just like, this is this is brutal. My thighs and ass cheeks are on fire. And then I did the dumbbell deadlifts. Mm -hmm. And I told people, I was like, yo, you guys like I told everybody like it's going to be really easy the first couple of weeks because you're going to be so sore. If I give you more, you're going to be like, wow, I can't do this program. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I posted about it in our group, but I think it's like an ego check. It's like, yes, you, you can definitely put up more weight, but you're also doing 10 rounds of this. So you have to imagine like, okay, do I want to walk tomorrow? If I do, you need to ease up on the weight so you can do 10 rounds 
and then immediately go into tomorrow's like kind of uh, active recovery hour hike or run. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's one fun. of those kind of things where people are going to learn. I'm really excited guys. If you have not checked out training camp, we still have a couple more days to sign things up because we understand people last minute are going to find out about this thing with all the people posting. You guys can still get in this last week and then we're closing the door. Um, obviously we want to have people have the best experience possible, but it's not helpful to get you guys in a couple weeks and it's best to start and stick it out. So um, thanks for tuning in guys. Uh, we'll have another show this week. We'll put some notes up. Ryan, uh, I have to go cruise hard and I'm going to go pick up my boat finally. Woo! So guys, uh, more tuned in and I'll be Ironman training, boat training and in the gym getting shredded. So if you guys are interested in any of those things, shoot us comments and uh, write any kind of notes in the comments below this video. If you guys want to see something cool for next show, uh, we'll bring, it's going to be a real comprehensive breakdown of battle bunker interviewing some athletes and stuff. So if you have questions, leave it in the comments in the YouTube section and I'll get it done. Are we, are we getting Austin later in the week? I hope so. Oh, yeah. We got a couple people. All, All right, right, guys. Later, guys. Out. Ryan, I'll call you in a little bit. I got to go to the bathroom.